The pre-accelerator is something that Adam has talked about previously, but it's not something that I know that much about. And I thought it might be really interesting for our listeners to find out more. So the first question is pretty obvious. What is a pre-accelerator program? What's the idea behind them? And what he got out of it? It's been such a big part of where we are now. Yep. So we should dig into it a little bit more. So what is a pre-accelerator? Okay, so let's start with an accelerator program. So an accelerator program, traditionally, is kind of a 12 or 13-week school for a startup. So what tends to happen is you apply to join an accelerator, and it's kind of where you can go and send a business plan or pitch. And the idea is, is an accelerator will take you from concept to an investable company in a set period of time. Okay. So normally 12, 13 weeks, three months. And they tend to have um, pre-established investment rules. So um, there's there's, low, there's hundreds of different accelerator programs now. Probably the most famous is, a, is one called Y Combinator. That's kind of the one that kind of hit fame and fortune fairly quick, run by a chap called Paul Graham. Paul Graham, Paul Graham, never know how to pronounce his name. Write some fantastic articles worth checking out. Um, so he runs Y Combinator. Actually, it's a fantastic book. Um, get it. Uh, I think it's called Launch Launchpad or just Y Combinator. Um, just to go off on a tangent, a good read. Someone follows one of the classes and goes through it. Um, so what that does is you get introduced to mentors. Uh, you get put through classes so you can learn kind of what it's like to build a business in a very short period of time. You get a great network out of an accelerator and you also get some cash. So normally they, I think Techstars now, I think it's something like 150K for 8% or 10% or something. It's a pre-established number. And the idea is, is you get enough money to live as well as to market and test the product. So in those three months, you can actually grow the product. And then accelerator programs tend to end in something called demo day. So that's kind of where the company that's running the accelerator will bring in a lot of investors so you can imagine when you're normally trying to raise investment, you've got to knock on doors, set up meetings one-to-one with investors. Right, right. The idea of a demo day is they will get all these investors in one room and there'll be the 10 or 12 companies in the class and they'll pitch. And at the end of the demo day, you can either have follow-on meetings or people will say, yeah, I'm going to write you a check for a certain amount. So you'll go into demo day and say, we're now raising 500K for this valuation. If you're interested, speak to us afterwards. Okay. So, why, why is this not a film? Because it sounds great. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, They've become really popular recently. Um, is that due to the tech kind of yeah, culture? Yeah, the tech culture has really just kind of become like this uh, kind of the rock star scene now. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that there will soon be uh, kind of uh, American series following startups through accelerators. So what was it like to be in then? Because in the last episode, we were talking about the conception of the business. Yeah. What point did, did you go to this accelerator? The accelerator you yeah. Accelerator? So I actually go, went to what's called a pre-accelerator program. Okay. Um, so just to take a kind of step back is uh, I went to an event run by a chap called Simon Jenner. I think I actually spoke about him in a previous episode, probably yeah. the first one. And he used to run something called Launch 48 in the UK. So the idea of that is you meet up on a Friday with a bunch of entrepreneurs and you have beers, you have pizza, and you take turns pitching an idea. And then the best ideas get voted on. And the people who had those ideas get to pick people to make a team. And you have a team for 48 hours to basically take an idea from concept to a business in 48 hours over a weekend. Um, there was no, it's kind of, it's kind of like a mini accelerator. It's like not even an accelerator. It's just 48 hours of just networking, getting advice. Um, and I really enjoyed it. And I actually did this purely to break up uh, the loneliness of running a startup on your own. So I was probably 
seven or eight months into the business when I actually decided to do this Launch 48 thing. And it was purely just to break up the mundaneness of working from home, kind of no one messaging me and giving me like, don't worry, things will pick up. Like no one really got what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So I went to that, met some great people. Uh, Met Simon, who uh, ran an accelerator program in Birmingham called Oxygen. So stayed in contact with Simon for the next few months, emails, kind of followed up with him, got some advice. He was always there. And then he let me know that he was running what's called a pre-accelerator program. So it was kind of a week course, and it was down at Google Campus in London. And the idea of it was to get you ready to apply for an accelerator program. I kind of, I kind of had no interest at that point of actually doing an accelerator program. So at this point, our what becomes why, as I wanted to know more about why Adam took part when he did. We were getting a little bit of traction. We'd had a seed investor put some cash in a valuation that would have been higher than what was offered from oxygen. Right. But I still wanted this kind of educational element. So the pre-accelerator kind of ticked all the boxes. Also, kind of, I said all that cash stuff, that was 50% of it. I'd also just had my son around that time. So it must've been about nine months into the business actually had my son. Um, and I didn't want to spend three months away from newborn. Hmm. Um, I could spend a week away. So I went down to London, went down to kind of the campus and we did a f- kind of a five-day uh, pre-accelerator, which was kind of even more intensive. So on each day, it kind of went into the details of a certain fundamental skill of building a business. And they brought some people in to help you with things, um, whether it was through marketing. Um, that's where I actually learned about, uh, what's it called? The Lean Canvas business model. So I advise anyone who's even thinking about doing anything on their own, a freelancer, startup, idea, concept, wherever you're at, is Google Lean Canvas business model. Sounds about right. And it's kind of just a sheet of paper that has different boxes. And when I saw it, I thought, this is a load of rubbish. I said, this is just some airy-fairy rubbish to help, I don't know, someone that has no idea about business. At that point, I thought that I knew knew where I was. And then all of a sudden, when, you, when you're asked to put down, it's basically a business plan, but really easy on one sheet of paper. And then when you've got mentors coming around asking you questions about, but how does that work? How does it really helps you kind of refine where does your money come from? Who are your partners? How do you get right, distribution? Right. Like little things like that from the pre-acceleration were massive for me. I think, I think, again, I like the idea of simplifying that because if you can simplify something, then you can explain it very easily and you can make it really clear for not just yourself, but customers and what the business is and that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's, that's like an awesome point. It's the fact that like when someone came and asked me like, oh, what's that bullet point? And I would stumble. They were like, Mm, you probably don't know it well enough. You probably need to refine that. And it kind of gets you used to explaining what you're doing to other people. Uh, so yeah, that was really helpful. Um, so each day it was a five day thing and we just went into a different skill set, and we had like a mini demo day at the end, which was good. Feedback is important for anyone trying to improve at something. And it's easy to think it was a smooth ride for our company sitting here being able to produce this podcast. Turns out that the feedback Adam got wasn't all great. Let's hear why and what his response was. Did you any people that were kind of uppity or thought that they, they literally knew everything? And when you're working in teams, did you have to kind of be like, look, I'm taking the lead on this or no, do you have to stand your ground on your concepts? Yeah, so really interesting actually. So we had um, we had a really good bunch of, bunch of people down there. And I think there's this weird thing that happens in the startup scene is that when you kind of throw yourself into it, you're really open to working with other people. Like, 
you know that someone in the room knows something more than you in some certain area. Mm. Like, don't get me wrong. I knew I was the best salesman in the room, <laughs> but I didn't know how to do front-end design. I didn't know how uh, PPC advertising worked. Like, And I think once you kind of understand that, okay, I might be good at one thing, but to run a business, there's a thousand different hats you need to wear. I think it just settles you a lot more and you're more open to just probably asking for help, like advice. Um, so there was no real like conflicts in terms of having to force your way through. Yeah, so there's, there was one thing actually. So we had demo day, which was kind of like an, an example of what it was like to pitch your business. And then the day before that, we had test pitches. So we were asked to basically do uh, a three-minute pitch of your business and what it did. So I went through what our business did and I got some feedback, well presented, da-da-da-da-da-da. Um, but it's just not sexy enough. And it just it will just stick in my head forever. And it's because we we I, I won't go into the details of what we do, but we work in the construction industry. Like we sell we work with people that sell bricks and fix sinks. Like it's not sexy. And everyone else on this pre-accelerator was doing the next Uber. Uber wasn't around then. Well, it might have been started actually. Uh they were doing the the next social network. They were doing something sexy that was app based and was always around iOS and something fun. We weren't like we were the complete opposite end of the spectrum. And kind of the advice that I got from one person was, yeah, it's a nice idea, but it's just not sexy. So you're going to struggle to raise investment if you decide to proceed with this. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I was just kind of like, in order to scale this, like I know I'm going to need investment. And to hear from this guy who was very senior in at least a, yeah, it, was, it would have been a FTSE 100 company. He was very senior in the company, does private investment. And to hear it from someone like that at that point, I was like, ah, does this mean I'm dead? Like mm. dead in the water. So I went back and worked on my pitch and thought, okay, but the thing is the pitch wasn't the problem. Apparently the concept and the industry that we're in just wasn't something that would be kind of attractive to investors. So kind of doing what I do, just being a salesman, I thought, okay, so what do investors care about? They care about money. They care about return. So I had this like slide deck on the day before where I was practicing in front of these panel of investors. I went through it and I open up the slide deck with some mildly pornographic picture, <laughs> very mild, just slightly seductive. And it said sex sells. And I just fired it up onto the projector and just waited. And I had everyone's attention at that point. And I just waited and waited until everyone was just waiting for the next kind of slide or word out my mouth. So it said sex sells. And it went, but bricks sell 27 times more. The porn industry in the UK is worth one billion pounds. The construction industry is worth 27 billion pounds. Is that sexy enough for you? And then I went into the normal slides. Nice. And like that just taught me that regardless of Regardless of what feedback and problem that you get is one, there's normally a way around it because like you're probably given a fake objection and it's just down to like sales 101. But then even if I didn't decide to do that or think of some little like funny, clever way to kind of get over that is don't take one person's feedback to heart because like no business is made from an obvious idea. And when I looked around, half the companies in there or half the startups and their ideas I thought were nuts. I thought this is never going to work. And looking back now, I think they're probably the companies that are going to do well because they're the things that people don't think of. And just taking one person's advice or one person's feedback saying, uh, it's nice, it's cute, it's never going to make money. 
if you're confident, be convict, have your conviction, and just crack on. I think that's uh, that's probably one of the takeaways that I took from that. And then overall, the pre-accelerator program was just fantastic. Like it settled me, it gave me some networking, and yeah. Sorry, I was just thinking. So if I could put each of the staff here on the same accelerator program cool. or pre-accelerator program, I would 100% do it. It was it wasn't free. It was like five or six hundred quid. But I just think with the skill set that you learn in the time frame that you get it, it would just it just helps round you off. It helps you understand a lot more elements of business because we've got speaks we've got talks about finance, we've got talks about uh, marketing, we've got talks about HR. And I think it just gives you a bit more of a an understanding about every element, not just the one you really care about, like sales for me. It sounds it, it really does. So yeah, it's actually a good like task for me is to find something that we can all attend. Like Okay, this is, so out this podcast, I've actually got something for my to-do list and just try and find like a pre-accelerator or a few days, like a boot camp that we can all attend because like looking back on it, I haven't really thought about it up until now, but looking back on it, it did make a massive difference. See, um, everyone you'd be sending has already graduated, so we've already had our day in a gown, but we oh. wouldn't find another one. <laughs> so if you want to find someone that'll do that for us, we're, we're not against it. One thing I, I want to add as well is that um, you were just saying there about the feedback that person gave you. I think the one thing that I'm really proud of that, that we do is that we really serve our community really well. And a lot of the time when I'm shooting video, I'm usually out when you meet people, I'm there as well. So I get to see the interaction you get. And I do, and I really feel that. And I do really get the impression that you really care. And you started it and you got the idea of pivoting from speaking to people. So it's really interesting that you really stuck to your guns when someone said, I don't think it's sexy enough. I don't think it's going to do very well, blah, blah, blah. It's a good idea, but not quite. That you've still kept at your core that, mentality of listening again what we were saying last last episode listening to someone and then acting on that mate uh, firstly i really appreciate it um because like you, you do get to see me interact with a lot of our customers and mm. members and it, it it comes back to like you, you hit the nail on the head like in the last show we were talking about like just having the conviction to go through and like when i look back now it's obvious like that guy's opinion is because he's used to a certain world and he knows his area really well but I know my area really well. And if I'm going to build something, it's because I know it better than a lot of people. Um, and just keep that, like you say, if anyone's listening that has some feedback that's not them back, like if this guy was an industry expert, had been in our construction industry for the last 20 years, had done things and tried things similar, like I probably would have really sat down and thought about it. It was in a, He was doing telecoms and basically put everything in perspective, but have the conviction to just carry on through I, I, it's probably going to be a common trend um but listen to your customers you know something more than they do um in terms of investors yeah just i think it's just believe in yourself and just carry on doing what you're doing don't let one person's opinion kind of knock you off course so a big topic but an important one i think for others out there looking to start their own company thank you very much for listening guys and i hope we'll see you next time on the startup diary